G'day everyone, I'm your mate Nate. Strap yourself in for your weekly dose of money, politics and truth. Together, we look at high-impact stories that you may have heard of, but have never truly been told. From historic Kerry Packer tales to longer deep dives into the true origins of the welcome to country phenomenon. I'm your mate Nate, and get ready to rethink the way you look at the world around you. In today's episode, I unpack the enigmatic character, Clive Palmer. Love him or hate him, he's an interesting cat. We look at his rise to billionaire status, and I lay out all the crazy details in his $300 billion lawsuit that he's put forth against the Australian federal government. In the world of business, few figures are as colourful and fearless as Clive Palmer, an Australian billionaire with a taste for the extraordinary. Palmer's ventures have ranged from the bizarre to the downright fantastical. Born in Melbourne and raised in Queensland, Palmer came from an upper-middle-class family. His father was a travel agent and a founder of Melbourne broadcasting station 3AK, now operating as the popular Victorian sports radio station SEN. Palmer went on to study law, journalism and politics at the University of Queensland from 1973 to 1975. Then 10 years later, he founded three mining exploration companies, which would go on to generate the majority of his wealth. But Big Clive's personality is perhaps best illustrated through his more eccentric business ventures. In 2013, Palmer announced he planned to build a replica of the Titanic. According to Palmer, Titanic 2 would be as close as possible to the original and would tour the seas as a fully functioning cruise liner. In 2015, though, plans hit an iceberg and the project was abandoned. If that wasn't bizarre enough, in 2011, Palmer purchased the Coolum Hyatt Resort with the full intent to build a dinosaur park featuring over 160 animatronic dinosaurs. In 2013, the dinosaur park comedically called Palmasaurus was open to the public, but the installation of the dinosaurs along the side of the resort's golf course meant the Australian PGA Championship which was planned to be held there that year, had to be relocated. To compound this, the visitors were regularly complaining about the various audible dinosaur roars throughout the night. But Big Clive was persistent that his resort was a resounding success. Then in 2015, with dwindling interest from the public, the poor Palmasaurus went extinct. In more conventional billionaire activities, Palmer also owned the Gold Coast United soccer team until the team was expelled from the A-League in 2012 due to serious breaches of league rules. Palmer was furious with the decision and attempted to start his own football league, but it ultimately failed to generate any support. A year later in 2013, Palmer delved into politics and founded the Palmer United Party, which would later become the United Australia Party. Clive has spent over $100 million on ad campaigns for his party across the last two federal elections, which is higher than the total spend of both Labor and the coalition combined. The party was hammered during the pandemic by conventional media for being fiercely anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine passport, and critical of Australia's overall COVID-19 response. Big Clive is clearly no stranger to stirring the pot. It's not just his quirky pursuits that have made headlines. 
Palmer's business dealings, particularly in the mining sector, have been equally headline-grabbing. In 2002, Palmer's company Mineralogy entered into an agreement with the Western Australian government. The Balmoral South Iron Ore Project was more than just a business venture. It was the envy of all other mining companies in the region. Located in the mineral-rich Pilbara region, the project was set to tap into vast iron ore reserves promising not only substantial profits for Palmer's company Mineralogy, but also jobs, infrastructure, and economic growth for Western Australia. The agreement was finalised and was hailed as a landmark deal, a win-win for both parties. The initial success of the project seemed promising, but as the years rolled on, the Western Australian government found itself facing increasing public criticism over the project. The then Premier Mark McGowan expressed dissatisfaction with the project's environmental standards and regulatory compliance. Doubts began to creep in, and the government's confidence in the project's ability to deliver on its promises started to wane. These concerns were further exacerbated by ongoing disputes with Palmer over mining royalties and the interpretation of the original 2002 agreement. Several arbitration meetings took place, with decisions in 2014 and 2018 largely favouring Palmer and mineralogy. Big Clive was becoming a persistent and painful thorn in the state's backside, and the government's patience was wearing thin. They wanted out, and they made the decision to withhold approval for the project until further notice. The politicians were well aware that cancelling the deal would come at a cost. They knew that they would have to pay significant compensation to Palmer for reneging on the agreement. And as expected, Palmer's company initiated a third arbitration in 2020, seeking a staggering $30 billion as a direct result of the WA government's decision not to approve the overall project. This was horrible news. The state itself makes a surplus of only around $5 billion a year, a payment that large would bankrupt the state, with Premier Mark McGowan saying it would cost every man, woman and child in the state $12,000 each. The Western Australian government had had enough. They needed the Palmer problem gone, and their solution would send shockwaves through the legal world, showing everyone just how powerful government is. Palmer had made a deal with the devil, and he was about to face the fire. The government moved quickly, passing legislation known as the 2020 Mineralogy State Agreement Act, a law specifically designed to terminate the Balmoral South Iron Ore Project. This act would not only cancel the mining project, but also included extraordinary provisions that blocked Palmer and his companies from seeking damages or compensation. Section 11 of the act literally states that the government would have no liability connected with the dispute matters. Palmer didn't sue and received nothing in return. Rather, the government dissolved his legal right to sue at all. Palmer was furious he had made a deal. He had trusted the government to play by the rules but they'd shifted the goalposts. He wasn't having it. He turned to one thing that he thought could save him and his company from losing billions, the Australian Constitution. The Australian Constitution, much like the American Constitution, lists fundamental legal principles that governments cannot legislate against. A document forged in the days before Federation, 
Among its many provisions exists Section 117. Section 117 protects a person from one state being discriminated against by another state. It was originally intended to stop states favouring its own citizens in the early 1900s, essentially ensuring that all Australians are treated equally regardless of the state they called home. So Palmer saw a constitutional lifeline in this provision. Palmer wouldn't just stop there though. He would contend four other reasons why the government had acted improperly. This included contraventions with the 1986 Australia Act, breaking the rule of law and violations of deeply rooted common law rights. Big Clive would take his fight to the highest legal authority in the land, the Australian High Court. Clive represented himself he argued that the Mineralogy State Agreement Act discriminated against him as a resident of Queensland. Palmer's argument was bold. Invoking Constitutional Provision 117 had never been done in such a context. The Western Australian government denied the argument fiercely, stating it wasn't based on the fact Palmer came from another state at all. And unfortunately for Palmer, the High Court agreed. In a decision that reverberated through the entire legal community, the court ruled in favour of Western Australia. All seven justices found that the Western Australian's government's actions, while extraordinary, did not constitute interstate discrimination as defined by Section 117. The justices also disagreed with Palmer's other arguments. The judgment was a crushing blow. The court's decision upheld the government's right to pass legislation that protected its financial interests, even if it meant breaking an agreement and dissolving a party's legal rights. The government had won. They had shielded themselves from the $30 billion claim. The lively Premier Mark McGowan stated on Facebook at the time that Clive Palmer has attempted to bring our state down. Today's win is proof that our government will never stop fighting for the people of Western Australia. McGowan even exclaimed that Palmer was an enemy of the state. In a final twist of the knife, Palmer and Mineralogy were required to pay Western Australia's legal costs amounting to a whopping two million bucks. We all thought the saga had reached its conclusion until this year. Big Clive is back, and this time he's bigger and bolder than ever, taking his fight beyond the Western Australian government and deciding to sue the entire Australian government. After being labelled an enemy of the state by Premier Mark McGowan, Palmer is embracing his role, not just suing for this $30 billion, but for a staggering $300 billion. The amount is equivalent to every Australian citizen paying $11,500 each and is comparable to the cost of Australia's planned nuclear submarines over three decades. He's also brought in the big guns, hiring former Australian Attorney General Christian Porter, a legal howitzer, signalling Palmer's determination to wage a legal war on an unprecedented scale. The legal basis for this astronomical claim lies in an obscure provision of the Australian-New Zealand Free Trade Agreement. Palmer's Singapore-based company, Zeff Investments, is taking action where his Australian-based company, Mineralogy, can't. 
using the Obscure Investor State Dispute Settlement Clause. This provision aims to protect foreign companies operating in Australia, allowing them to claim damages from governments if they can argue that a change in law or government decision has reduced their future profits. It's a clever legal maneuver that's rarely ever been seen before, and it shows that when you fall in Australia, you can go international. This argument has been notably used once before, when US tobacco giant Philip Morris sued the Australian government over plain packaging laws, ultimately failing but leaving Australia with a substantial legal bill. Palmer's case will be heard in Switzerland, where his legal team will argue that the Western Australian government's laws reduced the value of Palmer's investments and violated his legitimate expectations. Included in his claim is $10 billion in moral damages. The outcome is unpredictable and could take years of effort and millions of dollars, even if it ultimately fails. International courts are notorious for decisions that lack consistency, and the outcome of Palmer's case is unclear. The controversy surrounding Palmer's case has reignited debates about the inclusion of such clauses in trade agreements. The Labor government has voiced that they will viciously fight Palmer's claim and has recently reaffirmed its policy to exclude such clauses from all new trade agreements and to review their inclusion in existing agreements. The saga of Clive Palmer continues and this new chapter promises to be as compelling and controversial as those that have come before. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're a new listener, we've got episodes coming out every Tuesday and Thursday morning. Can't wait to catch you in the next one, guys.